Hello, this is Hardin Coleman, Faculty Director for the Center for Character and Social Responsibility at Boston University's Wheelock College of Education and Human Development. You're listening to the very first season of Caring, Character, and Community, the Center's podcast. In this season, we will focus on learning from leaders about how they integrate the ethic of caring, they focus on their own and others' character development, and a commitment to serving the needs of the community in order to guide and inform their leadership decisions in times of crisis. This is part one of our inaugural season, which will focus on bringing you the perspectives of four PK through 12 leaders. On October 5th, 2021 at 7.30, you will have the opportunity to participate in a webinar with these leaders in which you can ask them clarifying questions about their approach to this important work, which will certainly be a rich conversation. You can also feel free to email me your questions to me in advance at harden.bu.edu or post in the comments sections on our Substack website, ccsr.substack.com. In today's episode, we will be interviewing Julie Lawton, Chief Academic Officer at Yucheng Education in Beijing, China, who will share the story of how creating a school that is centered on caring and compassion facilitates positive outcomes in times of crisis. Welcome, Julie. I want to let you know how much it means to me and the Center for Character and Social Responsibility that you're willing to share your time with us to talk about the role of caring, character, and commitment as a leader during times of crisis. These past few years have been filled with a myriad of challenges, including a pandemic, major political changes, conflicts throughout the world, responding to climate change, and increasing emphasis on the importance of getting equitable access to a high-quality learning experience, even as definitions of equity and high-quality learning are changing. You have been a leader of a PK-12 institution during this time, and we're very interested in learning how caring character and a commitment to growing and nurturing community um, have, with includes faculty and parents, have influenced your leadership decisions. To get going, would you please introduce yourself, your position, and describe the educational institution of which you are a leader? Well, um, thank you for inviting me, Hardin. Um, my name is Julie Lawton. Um, my new position right now is as Chief Academic Officer of Yuecheng Education. Um, previously and during the pandemic, I was the Head of School at Beijing City International School. Now, my new position as chief academic officer still incorporates um, leadership at BCIS, working with the new head of school. I also have a responsibility working with um, a courtyard kindergarten, which is a two-year-old kindergarten, a new program. Also, the Parkside kindergarten, which is a newly opening um, school. Also, an after-school uh, reading program and also um, a multidisciplinary um um, um, program for students that need help um, after school or during school. So it's it's quite multifaceted um, and I'm in a very lucky position. Would you please share with us your journey into educational leadership? Yes, my journey began, well, I came to Beijing. I'm in Beijing, China. I came to Beijing in um, 1996. So I've been here for 25 years. I came as an elementary school teacher um, I then became a principal and I was the founding principal at BCIS um, when we had 86 students. Now we have 1,300 students, so I've grown up in my leadership role with the school. Um, I've been a deputy head of school and then the last three years, as I said, I was the head of school at BCIS. So quite unusually, I've been in the same city for 25 years, unusually in the international school world, and I've been with the same institution now for 16 years. 
So I think I've grown as a leader in quite a, a trusted environment. Yeah. So what do you appreciate about your position and or your institution? And are there any unique challenges you face in your role? Um, I appreciate um, the community that we have here at YCE BCIS. Our community is kind, is caring, is trusting, is fun, is compassionate, and is very mission driven. I also appreciate the board that we have. I speak to many heads of school, many leaders who do not have the close relationship that we have with our board members. Our board members have been with us like you Harding for a long time and that helps our mutual understanding. The board understand the journey that the school has been on. So in those critical times, especially, I think we all come to the table with a lot more compassion between us and certainly a lot more understanding. So from that perspective, um, I feel very, very lucky. So how does care and being caring play into your decision-making and when is that challenged? Care and caring is, well, compassion is part of the BCIS mission. So as I just said, we're a mission-driven school and I can say hand on heart, when we make decisions at BCIS, we look at our mission and we don't just have it stuck on a wall and we just, you know, roll it out when the accreditation teams come. So. We, we are true to that compassion in, in our mission and, and it plays a big part in how we, we view our community. The people in our community are our community. We're not a school building, we're people. We are students, we are teachers, we are parents, we are admin. Um, so, so everything we do, we think of that, that with the heart as well as the head. And I think that has helped us view during very, very difficult times when we think of the practicalities, but we also have to think of how to care for our community. Thank you. When you think about character, what does that mean to you? And how do you see it playing a role in your decision-making as a school leader? Oh, look, character, I love that question because I really do believe in, in understanding people's characters. And I know my character, well, I think we're all a result of our upbringing, right? So I, I, I thank my parents and my upbringing for, the, for my character. I, I think I, I am a caring person. Um, I think I'm very principled and I think I'm very honest. Um, there are some obviously not so uh, wonderful aspects maybe of my character, but I think those help me as, as a leader. And, and I do believe it plays a role in our leadership because you can't make decisions just based on something that doesn't fit with your character, that doesn't fit with who you are at your core, because then we're not being a true leader. We're being perhaps a puppet or we're being somebody that's not authentic. So I think... Our character and our leadership are so closely aligned. And again, your character has to fit with your school mission and that has to be aligned. Otherwise, nothing's going to be real. Thank you. Yeah. So in, in PK to education, there, there are three major constituents, the students, their parents, and their teachers. They are the foundations of your community. They each have different needs. And these needs can sometimes exist in tension with one another. In your work, how do you manage and balance your commitment to each group? Yes, I, I wonder how many leaders would, would agree with the fact that out of those three constituents, of course, the, the students are the easiest. 
right? They are, they, I mean, they are, you know, why we, why we became teachers. And, and all leaders are teachers at heart. Um, the students are why we became um, teachers in the first place. So I find working with parents, working with teachers, working with students, if that we remember that why we're here, it's for students and student learning, it's for student well-being, which contributes to student learning, of course. If you can redirect frustrations and tensions to that focus, I've found that that helps because I think that the, the tensions from the teachers in my experience here, and especially during COVID, have obviously been for things outside of the workplace. You know, it's been their safety and their and their um, their health and their well being. Whereas at school, they felt quite safe and and um, well cared for. The parents, of course, are you know stressed about different things. Is my child you know losing losing ground, falling behind? Will he get into that um, university? But I think we focused here at BCAS on really bringing everybody back to we need our students to feel cared for. We need them to know we, we love them, that we, we, we're going to take care of them and they are still going to learn. And our parents, we are here for you too. You know, we, we, we listen, we hear you, we will give you our time. But please remember that we will do our jobs that we need to do. And the teachers, I have been really blown away by how our teachers have coped with the last couple of years in particular. And I know, I feel I know that it goes back to the strong community that we have here. We're an international school. We have a, about 130 international teachers and BCIS is their family. We are a family. And sometimes I feel like mom you know, to be honest, you know, um, and, and I've learned that that's okay, because, because people need to have somebody that they can go to. And if it's me as a leader, that's great. But if it's somebody else, that that's also good. But so managing the three, the three stakeholders, I think, has been a challenge in challenging times, particularly, but when you really look before COVID, it was still a challenge then. They were just different challenges, you know, and, and everybody's level of tolerance has changed and frustration has, has changed and there are new worries and we have to accept those worries and we have to, and I think one of the things I've learned about, especially with parents and teachers, is listen, 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 validate. You don't have to agree, you know, you don't have to fix but you really need to listen and validate people's worries. And I think that has helped me as a leader. So if I can kind of capture that, this is a very critical point, that if when you work with your faculty, with parents and students, if you organize the conversation about community building around what will help our children flourish, then, the, then these groups begin to work well together. And if you miss that guide star, then uh, the tensions come up, the individual needs become primary, and we lose sight about working together. Is that a fair summary? I think so, yes. I think, you know, the times, of, many times in which I've, I've run parent workshops or parent sessions, and you ask that critical question, what do you want for your child? And, you know, nine times out of 10, or maybe even 10 times out of 10, they say, I want them to be happy. 
right? Mm -hmm. They do mm -hmm. say that as one of the main things. I want my child to be happy. And then when you come back to that, that happiness does not equate to 45 and an IBDP score necessarily for everybody, right? Happiness means mm -hmm. something else. And our job is, to, is, is not to have a school full of just joyful people all the time. I know that. But you've got to feel happy, settled, comfortable, safe, heard, all of those things to then learn. And I think when you have that conversation with parents, I do think I can see, especially after this last two years, that they're understanding that more and more. Thank you. So over the past several years, particularly with regard to the variety of crises educators have faced, can you give us an example of how putting caring character and or commitment to your community as a leader has had a positive impact on your institution? I think, I mean, I really, when I, when I consider that question, I have to, I have to think of COVID times. I mean, it's, in, it's on everybody because we're still in it as well. And I think for, for BCIS, what we did do to show care was we, to show more care than usual, I'm going to say, is we poured resources into our staff and faculty. And I mean resources in terms of financial resources, which, which helped to helped people practically to deal with the situation they found themselves in. But that was only one part of it. We gave emotional support on a huge level. You know, we had people, like many schools, spread all over the world. We had people here in Beijing that chose to stay, and we had people all over the world. And the emotional support that was needed to make sure everybody felt connected was... Um, it was really important. So, for example, when we did, when I held the first Zoom staff meeting, um, you know, from my home in Beijing, because we weren't allowed to come to school, it's a Friday night. We had, I don't, I think, 150 people all over the world sitting in, you know, in their lounges or wherever they were at all time. We had one of our staff members in Africa. It was three o'clock in the morning, and. Honestly, and I have a screenshots of of those of you know of, of the, that Zoom meeting, and it. It, people still talk about it today. We did more after that, but that first one was so special because we came together and we'd had quite a traumatic time just before COVID hit when we lost a, a staff member and we were feeling quite fragile as a community. And I could see, I had no idea quite the impact of something like that was going to have. People were happy. They were crying. They sent emails and text messages afterwards. And it showed me the power of bringing people together no matter where we were in the world. So that care about we are still one, even though we're not together physically, was very powerful. So so we needed people to feel safe where they were. We, we heard of, 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 of schools that were letting teachers go and, the, and they had to do what they had to do, but we knew that our commitment to our people was strong and that this would pass. We kept saying that this will pass and we, you are still part of our community. And, uh, you know, an impact of that was our retention rate was very, very, very high for, for this school year. But that wasn't the driving force. The driving force was let's keep people together. Let's keep people safe. Let's keep people connected and let's keep that communication open so that our community is as strong apart as it is together. And I felt the impact of that was, was really strong. 
Well, you know, you, you, you said earlier in our conversation that you, you've become comfortable with being the mom. And, and, yes. and clearly, I would assume that people thought they could trust your care as central to their ability to take the risk to be in this community, which is very scary and very difficult. Yes, exactly. And, and, and part of that is, is listen, I said, listening to people's stories. The amount of phone calls and the amount of Zoom um, meetings that I had just to listen to somebody's personal story. And the principals and other people were doing this. This was not me alone. Um, just to listen to how is it I'm having such a hard time? What And nobody was asking, what can you do, Julie, to help with that? It was more like, I just need somebody to talk to who understands. I spent a lot of time and I will... I never regret any of those minutes and seconds and hours that you spend listening to people and showing them your support. And again, the impact has been that our teachers, staff and faculty, um, know that BCIS cares. And, and, and actually, I would say that people in this, the, the city and beyond know that BCIS is quite special because it, it really cares and I'm not saying we're the only place and absolutely unique, but we ha we are who we are, right? And mm -hmm. and and again, driven by our mission and driven by the people that we have here, our board, our founder, carries at the core of who we are. Thank you. But on the other side, can you give an example of a time when it didn't work out the way you thought? When when caring, character, commitment to the community did not work out the way you thought it would. I think um, rather than give a sp specific example, which sort of exposes perhaps, perhaps, you know, personal types of things, I think it's perhaps when you become known to be, you know, the, the school will look after us, people are caring, the, the leaders are caring and compassionate. There is a very small minority that I see, I'm going to say that, that could be seen to be taking advantage a little bit and, a little bit of entitlement. I, I really don't, I hate to use that word, but I'm, I've, I've used it um, because it's as if, okay, this is, this is what it should be like. And, and, and maybe it should, but um, I think that is some, sometimes the impact that has on me as a leader is it's a little bit disappointing when it's like, oh yeah, of course they, of course they're going to do that. And they should. And it, and it's not that you want the thanks. It's not that you want the appreciation. It's just the, the feeling, the loyalty. And so I think that's probably the only example that I have that it's, it can sometimes mean people want more and more and more, but it is not, it's not a big, it's not a big group of people that do that. So it sounds like it, the, the challenge is that if you, if you were trying to create a community that's, that's grounded in caring and appreciation of the individual character and a commitment to being a community that supports each other, those who put their own needs over that become the biggest challenge to uh, consistency and moving forward as a group. Yes, yes. And, and, and sometimes have an influence on others that wouldn't perhaps think like that, you know, and and that that it's dis it is disappointing, but again, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that we're dealing with with parents, you know, with 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 again, the students have been consistent and fantastic throughout. I have to say, um, and and actually, as difficult it, as it was with our with our parents during the actual 
height of the crisis with online learning, you know, the amount of unhappy emails I got, threatening emails even. I mean, and I know heads of schools across the world have the same stories of of the barrage and the ongoing abuse sometimes that we had to face was was heartbreaking actually and I think that was a defining moment in my leadership in, in, journey in a way and all of it I would not change for the world because it has helped build my character even more it has helped me lead even more it's helped me as a person actually personally even more and what we did after that with our parents in our community was we, we put all that behind us, of course we did, but, but we, we, we looked forward to say, how can we build this trust back? How can we show them we care? And we had last year the most amazing year with our parents. We did get them back on campus. They were 100% behind us. Again, in the 16 years I've been here, I think they, sh- they could see just how hard we worked, how caring we were and what an amazing community we were and sometimes you have you know you have to go through those hard times don't you for somebody to see the good and I think that's an example of that actually so so Julie before we let you go as you think about how you've integrated caring character and commitment to community community into your leadership style while managing crises over the years what advice would you would you give to your younger self I think that the, the 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 saying "lead by example." I've always I've always believed in that, but I, I never realized just how true it was until until I've I've done it and I've heard about the impact impact of that. I mean, as a leader, people watch you all the time, of course, and they judge you all the time, and that's that that comes with the position, and that's okay. Um, however. On top of that, you, you have to do the right thing even when people are not watching, right? So it's, it's again, that goes back to the character. It's like if your character fits your school mission, just be true to you. You know, if, if don't, you have to second guess and question yourself. Of course, you can't be so, so go ahead so arrogantly, let's say. But, um, you know, be true to yourself. Um, use empathy. It, it, you have to stand in people's shoes. I didn't always do that in the beginning. I, 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 I am principled. I have high standards. And I think sometimes when you try and judge somebody by your own principles and expectations, actually, that, that that's not the way to go. Stand in their shoes. And that comes with the listening, I think, as well. So that's something I've learned more uh, as I've become more experienced. Um, people know when you care because you show it over and over again. So take the time with to be with people you know as leaders we get so we're in this meeting we're in that meeting we're doing this with be with people talk to them how's your grandma you know did, did how's first day at school for your daughter they they appreciate that so much and i didn't realize that in the early days that that those connections were quite so important Yes, talking about that lesson you just saw is, is, is important, giving feedback, but actually connecting on a personal level as a leader, I think that goes so, so far. So be patient, be authentic. Actually, I think that would be my last thing to say is just be authentic because if you stand up there and try and be somebody else, it, it's not going to work. Be, be you 
And then, you know, and we know just like our students, hands-on experience, learn from your mistakes. Um, and we make them all the time, but learn from them and, um, and keep going and being positive. Well, thank you so much for your time, Julie. We really appreciate that, and 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 uh, and, and and have a good day. And so, for those of us who are looking for going to bed, you get to have a full day at school. Thank you for listening to Caring, Character, and Commitment, the podcast of the Center for Character and Social Responsibility at Boston University's Wheelock College of Education and Human Development. The development of this podcast is made possible with the generous support from BU's College, Wheelock College of Education and Human Development and a grant from the Kern Family Foundation. We, thank, we want to thank Lizzie Barquet for her work on the production of this podcast. The music you're listening to is Bluesy Vibes by Doug Maxwell, produced by Media Right Productions. I'm Hardin Coleman, and thank you so much for listening.